Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, hey, hey. It's uh, Wednesday night, so for everyone who's here, you know what that means. It's time to start the common law wise words. I have a lawsuit here filed in the Superior Court of Fulton County, state of Georgia. Civil action number 2020 CV 336938. And um, I'm sure nobody knows what that means. So <clears throat> this is the lawsuit that the two police officers who were let go for tasing those college students um, last week, they filed against the mayor and police chief in their official capacities. And... Um, let me get to my favorite part because this is something I've been I've been talking about because the cops you know everybody's giving them grief about being thugs out on the street and thugs and the mafia they have bosses they have people who order them to go out onto the street and enforce whatever they order to them to enforce so article 9 of this lawsuit states on may 30 2020 petitioners were tasked to assist other officers and as an arrest team with riot control and enforcement of a 9 p.m curfew instituted by the police chief along with the mayor so basically what they're doing is they're saying, yes, we did exactly what you told us to do. You ordered us to go out and to enforce a curfew. And that's exactly what we did. And then Article 10, it says, uh, respondents allege petitioners use of force was improper. And so I'm going to go into the importance of the allegation as opposed to an accusation a little bit later. Number 11, Article 11, the petitioners deny respondents' allegations, there's that word again, and contend that their use of force was proper and in compliance with the law, the policies of the Atlanta police, department prevailing standards of law enforcement and the training provided to them through the city of atlanta police department and the state of georgia and basically what they're saying here is why are we getting fired for doing what you told us to do 
I could admit, if I were a cop, that would be pretty confusing to me. I get ordered to go out and enforce a curfew, and then I get fired over it. And I'm sure that they were operating well within the realms of how the state of Georgia trained them to operate. Article 15, other officers were engaged in substantially similar conduct, which was also alleged to be improper, but have not been dismissed. So what they're saying there is that other officers who were out in the riot gear that night, who were enforcing the statutes, or the, not the statutes, the uh, curfew that the mayor ordered and the police chief of the, of the city ordered, they were also engaged in alleged misconduct or improper conduct, and they were not let go of. So honestly, I don't find myself on the side of police too often, but I think that they have a really good point. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if this lawsuit actually goes in their favor. And it has a whole lot of statues in here and talking about, you know, a lot of statutes talking about how difficult it is to get rid of police and the substantive due process that they have to go through to fire a police officer even if their conduct is incredibly out of line. So they are suing to be reinstated as police officers and to get back pay. Carolina, I see your hand up, but there's no microphone. I don't know what's going on with that. There's a microphone. What's going on? Are you talking to me? No, I was tired. You had your hand up, didn't you? Oh my god. No, I, I accidentally kicked myself out and then had to come back in because I was I, I don't know. I was trying to find this comment. Um so about <coughs> that the the officers, I all I heard was that you said you agreed with the officers and then I got kicked out. Well, I'm I'm agreeing with their complaint. Um because okay. Like uh, the the mayor of Atlanta, and it's also interesting to note that whenever they're talking about Atlanta, they're talking about the corporation Atlanta and not the government. Um, but the mayor of Atlanta basically gave them an order to go out and force people off the streets after 9 p.m. And that order was also received and distributed by the chief of police. So, you know, what happened was they were just following orders. And I know that you can still break the law following orders. So I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that I agree with them and that they shouldn't be charged because I, I absolutely believe that they should be charged. But as far as the statutes and the law goes for them being fired, and what type of due process they have to have, I absolutely agree with this suit. And, and more or less what this suit is saying, and, and the reasons I agree with this suit really have to do with the fact that I don't think it should just be the officers being charged. I also think that the police chief and the mayor should be charged as well for an accessory before the fact, you know, because they 
they uh, put out the orders for the thugs to go into the street. I mean, it's just like if this were were mob bosses, right? And uh, you know, and uh, the head of a family, let's just say Tony Soprano, gave all of his captains an order to have all of the thugs making sure this neighborhood's safe. If the FBI caught them in that act and had some wiretaps and started going after them, um, you know, it would be a RICO case and they would get everybody from the top down. And when you have things that are this lawless that really aren't even necessary, um, I, in my personal opinion, the same, the same principles apply. I don't know what you think about that. Maybe Shaman has an idea on it because he just hopped on. I'm with you, man. I'm on your team. I'm on your side. <laughs> Hello? 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 Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can now. Oh my god! You must so have just gotten Verizon, this why, huh? This is why I stopped calling because it it frustrates me to the point where I'm just like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what I was saying is that, in my opinion, all six of them should have been uh, fired because we don't we didn't actually see what I don't believe. Did you see what they were doing? What they were doing? The two students. These are college students. They were trying to record the police. Um, when they were harassing their friends and the cops didn't like it. So they started uh, harassing them and then ended up um, 250 pound man slamming a little girl, 20 year old girl down to the ground. That that's completely ridiculous. It's ridiculous that they're trying to get their jobs back. They shouldn't even be allowed to carry a weapon at all. They got anger issues, but I wanted to read to you some a comment that somebody um, put up and I completely agree with what he's saying because um, because it makes sense. Now, this guy, it, you there? Yeah, I'm here, but I think we lost uh, Caroline. Carolina. Hey, it went I do have, if he comes right back in, just let her take over. But I do have kind of an interesting angle on this. At some point, I'd like to kind of respond to that. Okay, I mean, well, she's still unmuted. I don't know. Maybe she just I'm... kind of... There you go. Oh, You must have gotten Verizon back. So freaking not happy about this. Okay. I was trying to read to you a comment. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. So a guy replied to a cop. He said, I'm a military vet and have prior security experience. Please review the footage. The two college students were in the vehicle. The driver stopped to film his friend being handcuffed by the police. This made the cop upset. And that's when he told the driver to stop. A cop 
told them to stop, but they refused. Then law enforcement tased and body slammed the female passenger. They used excessive force. A man who is 6'5", 250 pounds, slamming a female that is cooperating with them. The cops are criminals. What I learned in the military is that you have to always be professional and have composure. The cops failed. Yes, they were broke. Yes, the they broke curfew, but they were in their vehicles. Just let them go. They have actual people that are looting or Okay, we lost you again. Hello? So anyways, I don't know if you can hear me, but we can I, hear you I now. believe they all oh oh wonderful. They're, they were losing <laughs> I believe they all that well he was just saying that the cops should have really been focused on, you know, looters. These these kids were just in their cars and the cops got mad because they were trying to record their friends um being arrested. And as we know, cops don't like for some strange reason to be recorded, as we have seen, they turn the body cameras off, they do things like this, they're even trying to pass laws in states where it's illegal to record them. And I think that's a, a huge problem. And, um, you know, there was a video out of, uh, I don't know what state it was, where he was saying, you know, we're, we're put our lives on the line, you know, you shouldn't be trying to bash us and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey man, you have to recognize that the police br brutality did not just start. It it literally has been going on for such a long time. And for people to start acting like we're not the bad guys, it's those guys, it's this, it's that. There, you know, there's a lot that's going on that people aren't taking into account here. All right, that's my spiel, and I'm leaving it there. I'd like to, if you don't care, JC, I'd like to respond to this. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, and then and then I got something to say. Um, in the in the totality of things, extreme police violence isn't that common. Um, violence in general is kind of common when you look at anything from uh, a verbal command to soft hand or hard hand impact. I mean, when you grab somebody, that by definition is exerting force and violence in its nature. And when you've got a situation that's going on now with the riot, but sometimes it's really hard because the cops make the same mistake. And I don't, I don't know if you know I was one. So the cop make the same mistake. There's kind of this us versus them thing that happens. And you got all these rioters and looters and then protesters. And... I would have to say it'd be hard to differentiate at certain times and you kind of get this herd thing that happens. <clears throat> you know, those guys get scared. I mean, let's just face it. If you had thousands of people bearing down on a hundred of you, that would make you kind of tense. And then you get these orders and you see them, you know, you see all this violence, you see all this stuff going on. You know, it's not always easy. You know, when, when you've got the mentality of you're out past nine, there's an order of a curfew you're to follow my command because they know that they're under a state of emergency. So there's a different mentality. <laughs> and you throw all that. In. Now they were jerks. They were way out of line. They're, they're horrible for not wanting to be videoed by the public. There's no doubt about that. I'm just saying 
let's look at this from a, a bigger perspective, and I think it's important to do so if we're to have any kind of chance to bridge these two factions, if you will. Reality is the cops do exercise force. That's their whole purpose. Government, by its very nature, is forceful. The only way it can get people to comply. Now, people have to volunteer into that. So there's your flip side, right? All the people for years and years have been either apathetic, ignorant, stupid, or fearful in a way that just makes them indifferent because they don't know what to do. So they just kind of try to keep their head down and go about their business. So when you look at it from that perspective, the cops that did that are actually us. And it's hard to judge things when you haven't walked a mile in that man's moccasins. Famous Indian said that, by the way. So although what they're doing, a lot of them, is out of control, it's because they have been given that power by the people around them. And they have been dumbed down just like the rest of society to think that exerting that kind of force is normal. They, they you know, they're, it's just like the religious thing. You know, one sergeant trains another sergeant, he trains another one. Hey, you can do this, you can do this by their actions, and nothing ever happens because the public is also ignorant. And that was kind of the reason, you know, I did a video, John did a video trying to explain how um, we did separate videos, and he, I spoke on one of his, and he's done several talking about how if people knew their rights and their power as a people and what they can do, this kind of stuff wouldn't happen. And if the cops understood the difference between code, statutes, law, and venue and jurisdiction, then they would understand that the orders that they were given were not lawful orders. And uh, they didn't have any jurisdiction or authority to be enforcing that unless somebody was committing a crime. But see, this is a big uh, problem because everybody's like, well, they suck, and the cops are like, well, they suck, and then the government's like, well, everybody sucks, and we're just going to take advantage of it. They just, you know, the cops are us, and we're the cops, so they've got us fighting while the powers that be are just coming in and <coughs> using us to in, implode upon ourselves so they can take over nationally, and that's what they're doing. So somehow we got to bridge the gap, and those, you know, the cops are out of line, but a lot of people run around burning shit. Kind of got to look at it from their point of view a little bit too, I think. I agree with well, you, Sean. Here, here's my problem with the whole situation. They keep saying alleged misconduct, alleged use, you know, inappropriate use of force. And the only reason that it's alleged is because the district attorney of Atlanta or of Fulton County did not do his job properly. He swore out a warrant on them on information when he had more than enough witnesses and I'm sure those two kids that got tased would have been more than happy to go in there and swear out a plaint against, against the men that did what they did to them. And a plaint is different than a complaint. Um, a plaint is basically a private action tendered to a court. And uh, if, if you would have just had the two injured parties, you know, I, I forget their names, but um, if you would have just had the two injured parties go in there, swear out a plaint, followed by a warrant, and then had the district attorney back them up with all of his video, audio, 
evidence that he had accumulated throughout his investigation, that would have made a fact on the record of the court and there would be no alleging, there would be no allegations. If they would have done that right from the get-go, then they couldn't come back with a lawsuit until they got a jury to decide that those weren't actually the facts, which, <laughs> good luck. Um, but they couldn't have come back with a lawsuit until after they handled the criminal side. So by playing the entire game in their legalese, what they're really doing is they're making the wrongdoer have a lot more options because since there are no facts on the record, they can plead down to a simple assault. They could plead down to uh, disorderly conduct in public. They could plead down to whatever because there's no facts on the record of the court. And you can't tell me that the district attorney who's been in that job for 10 plus years does not understand that when you have three forms of evidence that support the same set of facts that that becomes a fact on the record of the court he absolutely knows that and in my opinion there's a huge um you know there's a huge conflict of interest that the district attorney is even prosecuting this to begin with especially because you know who who do you think the attorney is that's suing suing the uh the mayor and the police chief. I got one thing to say. My people suffer for lack of knowledge because everything you just said, I had no idea. And I know for a fact they had no idea too. And they still don't know. Please make a video about everything you just said. Well, I'm actually <laughs> in the middle of making a video about everything I just said. And it's going to go into a lot more detail. Good. And in fact, like <laughs> that lawsuit that you know, I found that this morning, so I printed it out because, you know, I mean, basically, if you go back and watch my last video on News Humor, it, it's saying the exact same thing. It's saying, you know, here's a case of police brutality in Atlanta, and the mayor saying that they'll look into it. Here's one in Asheville. The mayor saying that they'll look into it. Here's one in New York, and the governor saying that they'll look into it. But all of the people who said that they would look into it are the exact same people who signed the orders to put the officers out on the street in the first place. Because even though the governor signs um, a state of emergency and enacts the National Guard, like for instance in Atlanta, the mayor of Atlanta has to accept it and they have to sign and they have to enact an order to have the police officers go out. And I, I thought I was going to have a difficult way of explaining this when I was thinking about it last night, but as soon as I saw that lawsuit, and thank God ABC published the actual documents, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is beautiful because right here in the lawsuit, that's exactly what they're saying. They're saying that the mayor and the police chief ordered them to go out and do what they did. So, but the next video will go into that more deeply and it'll actually go through the Webster's 1828 and break down some words. And it gives three historical 
um, accounts on on why you have to have an accuser and and how court works. Obviously, it, it uses the United States Constitution Bill of Rights. It also uses the Magna Carta, and then it uses my favorite example from the Bible with uh, he who is without sin cast the first stone. So, because all three of those, um, and hey, shaman, did I tell you that I found that part in the Magna Carta? I was looking for. I don't know. We talked about it. I don't remember. We talked about a couple things, but I don't know if it's the same thing or not. Okay, yeah, it's right here. It's Article 38 in the Magna Carta. No bailiff for the future shall, upon his own unsupported complaint, put anyone to his law without credible witnesses brought before this purposes or brought for this this purpose which basically means that no officer could arrest you on his own word. He had to have a member of the public who was in good standing back him up on that. And that's the way it was uh, when the Constitution for the United States was written, and you know this because of uh, the Sixth Amendment where it gives you the right to face your accuser and then any other witnesses, but you have the right to, to face your accuser because if you don't face your accuser, then nobody's accusing you. There's no accusation. There's, there's no cause. There's no cause of action. Because officers are only witnesses. And it's really, really interesting because even when people get charged with resisting arrest, and you could say that that was an offense against the officer as a man, but it's not. The officer can only witness it because it's happening to an officer. It's not happening to him as a man in the capacity of a man. So an officer cannot swear out a warrant for resisting arrest. That is still done on information. John, did you ever swear out a warrant on resisting arrest? Do what? Did you ever swear out a warrant on resisting arrest? No, just, just that one time I was going car. through Tennessee, huh? No, I just fought him and drug him into the car. <laughs> well, I mean, I never fought unless they started it. Moes don't start fights. They finish them. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I've I mean, been watching <laughs> I've been watching too to much uh, open range. Huh? Oh no, that's right. I love that movie. Uh hell yeah. Yeah, I got to I'm going to Let's hear it. The most there's a lot of misconceptions about cops like when cops are pissed off, everybody thinks that that's when they write the most tickets and stuff. That is not true. That is when cops go sit somewhere and take naps. They don't, they're pissed. They don't want to work. <laughs> they're just like anybody else. So there's just a lot of misconceptions about how cops do things and why they do things. And one of the things I learned very quickly on the road was if you can talk them into the car, talk them into the car. 
you don't want to spend your whole shift fighting besides the fact that you can really get killed. I mean, it actually can be pretty freaking dangerous. So, and, and, you know, we're a little more rural, so you don't always get backup. So you got to kind of know how to handle yourself. You may not get backup right away. In those bigger cities, you have that pack mentality and they tend to cover each other. That's kind of what I was talking about. They tend to cover each other because they're really all they got and it just there's an example you had one guy i think two of the guys one was four days out and the other one wasn't much longer up in minnesota two rookies what do you mean two two of them were rookies they just got they were four days on the road by themselves what for george floyd yeah so yeah, I mean, easy. I noticed that two of them were pretty young. One, I think, was 32, and another one, I think, was like 26. No, I'm just saying they hadn't been on the road very long. One of them was literally their fourth day out. I'm just telling you, dude, it's... For you, for you to become a real cop takes, in those bigger cities, at least a year to really get, I mean, to really get... That's why they have you in FTO programs. Now, I, I got four days because <laughs> we were short-handed. So I had a whopping four days of FTO, um, which is a field training officer. In other words, you're supposed to ride with another officer. And they were like, yeah, here's your car keys, man. Just go on. Get in trouble as a holler. <laughs> like, okay, it's real now, you know. Just a lot, you know. They, they you, they really got to watch the rooks because they, they're trying to prove themselves and they're getting in the moment. And now you add a personal thing between that cop and the kid and the Floyd guy, that's going to really come up in court. They have a history together and here, you know, and then they just fall right in line because they were trusting them because he's 15 years out and just got out of control, man. And that's just how fast it can happen. It's just, not always malicious it's just kind of dumb but i mean i i wonder if the george floyd thing's even going to go to court if it doesn't you know, do, like oh my like god Derek, <laughs> country will explode you will see it from the space station no i mean I, I i think they'll throw him in prison you know i think they'll get him to plead guilty to something but i th i mean if i were sitting in their shoes i'd be like dude if you go to court that jury's gonna hang you oh i thought you, you know they might dismiss the charges no no i don't think they're so, gonna dismiss the charges i just think that they'll probably talk him out of actually going before a jury yeah because i mean he could he could get really hammered but if they that they get anything other I mean, they might accept a second degree, but I kind of figured they added the the manslaughter is kind of a weird thing. Like their manslaughter is not like what Tennessee's is. Like what they read for the third degree murder was manslaughter here. And then we, you know, but anyway, if they plead him down to manslaughter, they'll burn the state down. If he, if he get, they get anything less than second degree murder, Help burn all the damn country to the ground. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, because uh, they they might just not make it that public. I mean, you got to think <laughs> he he's not gonna stand trial or freaking make a plea or anything for probably two or three months. They're gonna push that yeah. out as long as they can. 
Brother, with respect, they had three freaking funerals, and they stopped. They rode him around in a glass casket with gold trim. This shit ain't going secret. They're riding this wave all the way to the hot dog stand. If they, I, I'm just, I, I'm, my opinion, man. I'm just saying, politically, if they do anything other than second degree, I'm. I'm just telling you, man. The first, the first time I ever got arrested on some real serious stuff. You know, and I got arrested for like six felonies and a couple misdemeanors within a school zone. And um, when that happened, I kept pushing my attorney, you know, to go ahead and push the case. And he kept telling me all the time. He was like, no, no, we're, we're going to drag this out for two to three years. And I was like, why? I don't want this over my head for two to three years. He was like, John, just think about it this way. Two to three years. No jury's going to care that you had some drugs three years ago. Like, if you don't get into any more trouble, freaking, they're going to be like, okay, the cops caught him once. He was young. He was dumb. Who cares? You know, because there, there was enough to be like, hey, it might not have been mine, you know, because, of course, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> let me just be yeah, real right, clear yeah. about that. But, but to be fair, Congress didn't kneel. For nine minutes out of respect for you. I mean, I'm just saying this one the, the gover the government the government is pushing this egg all the way to the finish line. Somebody is going down. It is either gonna be the cop or the entire country. <laughs> Cause that, this one there ain't no hiding this one. This is the hottest potato they've held in a long time. I mean, they're, dude, they're talking about defunding police departments, man. I mean, I think this is this is past. Hey, man, I got some, I got some really good weed. I just don't think it rises, brother. I love you, man. I think I think this thing is powder keg from hell. Hey, you, you got a point, man. Away. I just must have been smoking too much of that stuff. <laughs> I retract everything I just said. I can Dude, see. when I saw them come out with third-degree murder and manslaughter, I said they're going to plead him out to manslaughter and watch Minnesota burn to the ground. That's what they're. Uh, that's that was my initial thought. I thought, oh, if they're <laughs> if, like, in other words, if they're doing this on purpose, if they're trying to let this, like, I've I've seen some posts from some people. Uh, some on the show, and there's some compelling arguments for some of it. I agree. And the asymmetric solutions thing. JD pub published some stuff there, but the mess. And this is a mess, man. Well, I mean, I I just hope that out of all of this, the American people kind of take a minute and look at how the government actually works and how things got this bad because again like with the officers complaints suing the mayor and um you know suing the mayor and the chief of police i mean what they say right here is uh 
you know, the petitioners deny respondents' allegations and contend that their use of force was proper and in compliance with the law. The policies of the Atlanta Police Department, prevailing standards of law enforcement, and the training provided to, to them through the city, uh, the Atlanta City Police Department and the state of Georgia. And I absolutely agree. I think there's nothing about that statement that's wrong. I think they were out there doing exactly what they were taught to do. Well, and that's why I came up with that one little video about the, uh, I mean, I do agree that police departments need to be trained and not just for not hurting other people, but for not setting themselves up for what they're in. I mean, that these guys are getting in these lawsuits and stuff. And, and I will tell you that a lot of them probably believe they do have that kind of authority because you got to think about it. Something that's pounded into a cop's uh, head and something that the public should absolutely be aware of is the minute I tell you, and I said this to somebody, the minute I say you're under arrest, you are not free to go. The minute the cop says those words to you, this is a different ball game in his mind and yours. And they pounded into our head whatever force is necessary to affect the arrest. Minimal amount of force necessary. What's necessary? Depends on the cop. Is he weak? Is he strong? Is he scared? It's just like the necessary and proper clause, huh? Yeah, I mean, it really, and it really is. I mean, you know, people say, well, that's bullshit. Well, that's not bullshit because you got a lot of women in law enforcement shouldn't be there because of that very thing. You got a lot of men that shouldn't be in law enforcement because of that. Like, I don't care what town you're in. When it breaks bad, you better know who you are. It's, I mean, when it really breaks bad, man, I call it the oh shit moment. And when you get that moment, man, you either handle yourself or you don't. There's just, just so many trained. They need to know the law. They need to know the law, and they need to know themselves. I mean, I think, you know, parts of the academy were kind of stressful, but I think it needs to be more so because it's. Hey, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. I don't understand quite what you're saying from from a physical perspective and being out in the middle of the night and not knowing how far your backup is and having to get into a fight. But, you know, driving across the country, there were times when I was pulled over where, again, you had to know yourself. If you mm -hmm. didn't, you were going to start giving the cop all sorts of suspicion. You okay. know, like you never know what you're going to do until you're in the middle of that situation. Right. But, you know, the thing is, is most cops do. I mean, it's just like going into a courtroom. You know, I was very confident, man. I mean, I, I did some stuff. I mean, it wasn't. I'm just saying. You, when you get confident in yourself, it doesn't mean you're a bad, bad guy or a badass or anything. It just means you know who you are. But I mean, once you. You can, you know, once a cop says you're under arrest for something, in his mind, it's either in the car or in the hearse. I mean, what is he going to do? Just go, ah, shit, I give up? I mean, it's going to happen at that moment, whether it's that one cop walking you to the car, beating you to the car, or 14 other guys dragging you to the car. You're going. 
and hey brother i've been arrested a bunch of times you want to know how much i fought them zero zero not at all man and when people ran from the cops i would always yell at them i'd be like dude why are you running from the cops it makes you look guilty like just the fact that you were running from the cops when this gets to court you already look guilty you know you was chasing exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's street there well i mean i will say this I will say this, I always had a 30 second rule. And that is if I knew that a cop, like if I could see a cop in the rear view and I knew that he was coming at me, I would try to get away from him and evade him within 30 seconds. If I couldn't do that, I immediately pulled over, stopped my vehicle, put my hands outside of the car. Cause yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the reality is it's just, you know, I know it's easy to hate him, but until you've walked in that, I mean, I mean, what happens if a cop, right, had a kind of a busy night and then gets in a high-speed chase where a guy's trying to ram people off the road, pulls a gun on one cop, runs, gets behind a house, runs down into a field, you're chasing him down, running through a field, another guy joins you, this guy reaches in his pocket to pull the gun out again and gets shot, and then you know, let's just say it's TBI shows up. You have to go through the interview process, give a statement, and then go sit for an hour and go back on the road. And then somebody comes up and pulls some stupid shit on you. And you just got through living all of that 45 minutes before that, two hours before that. And then somebody's like arguing some silliness. You know, it's. I'm just saying there's two sides and people have to understand each other. The reality is, is if the people don't wish for the police to have the kind of power they have, then one of two things can happen. Either everybody can get together and get educated, or everybody's going to end up shooting each other in the face. One or the other. Force breeds force. I mean, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. That's it. That's for sure. Carolina had a had a situation happen this week and she was talking about talking about it before the show and uh caroline if you want to talk about it unmute because i would like to um or raise your hand i would like to see what sean would would tell you on this because i'm i'm a hundred percent sure he's going to say the same thing you're setting me up aren't you no no i really i'm really not <laughs> I don't know if she's going to raise her hand there. Yeah. Okay, there she goes. Sometimes uh, the phone, I swear, it's it's not me. It's the phone. <laughs> sure All is. right. First thing I want to say is, Sean, you fucking rock. Oh, my God. Every fucking ticket I've ever rock gotten, I wish you would have been the cop. That's me, Rockstar yes. Ninja. <laughs> I just appreciate <laughs> that you, you have such, like, like calm logic and it it makes sense like why can't all the cops think like you you know fucking a anyways so i had uh gotten a letter and it was a courtesy notice that says this is not a ticket and they sent me pictures 
of uh, <laughs> my car, <laughs> my car somehow ran a red light. It wasn't me. It was the car. And uh, <laughs> they wanted me to let them know that I'm guilty. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. So I called my good friend and he told me to say hey, this wait, to them. Wait, 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 before you even go any further. Tell, tell Shaman <coughs> where the car ran the red light by itself. Like, you know, the intersection, <laughs> the state, the town, and then tell him where they wanted you to send the ticket money to. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm in California, Garden Grove. The ticket, <laughs> the ticket, the letter came from Arizona. No, it makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, oh, I know sense. it makes sense. I know we know why this is going on, but this is what oh. I'm saying. I think you're going to give her the exact same answer I gave her. Yeah, probably. Here's what here's here's what he said that I should uh, send them a letter saying. Uh, I believe you mailed me a false security, which is a federal crime, but in good no, faith. No, you don't tell them that it's a federal crime. They just know. Don't don't tell them oh, that part. Don't say that. Okay, good thing I didn't fucking write it yet. Shit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but in good faith, if you wish to initiate a court proceeding against me, I require to know who is going to verify my identity. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now, who told you to write that? I did. My good, my good friend. <laughs> that that's, that sounds pretty much. I will not writing. implicate him. <laughs> Except for the fact that uh, I told her that you know, which is a federal crime. It's a federal crime to mail false security. But I didn't expect her to write that. It's like that's. You know, they're going to instantaneously know that when you say false security because they know what they're doing. Whoever opens that letter knows what the game is. <laughs> I, uh, so what are you asking me? Oh, I'm just telling you. <laughs> just, okay. I, I was going to have her ask you what you would do, but then she just told you what she was going to do. Well, so what would you I do, Sam? Well, what I do, I mean, I have, I've done it two different ways. I, uh, I usually just write uh, NA return to sender because, oddly enough, that my truck seems to run a lot of red lights. And, uh, <laughs> which is really amazing. I have to look you out the window. You a gangster, sure Sean. You a gangster. So, really messed up. She was asking me if this was going to work. I was like, man, Sean does it all the time. I check the the yard often to make sure he's still there because he tends to go off on his own. But uh, then, let's see, one time I wrote back, I require the verified bill of particulars, thanks. (laughs) Or who sent this? I decided to have fun with one. I wrote, who sent this? And, uh... Nobody responded. They sent the second one, and I said, "Just send a verified bill. I'd like to see this." And then I never got anything else back after I asked. I required that, and then the other ones have just all been because they can't do shit. It's stupid. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. Cal- California's in a different dimension uh, <laughs> unto itself. 
like insane. <laughs> so I don't know what they're smoking over there, but over here it's stupid and we don't pay them. I don't. I think it's silly, and I tell everybody I know not well, to pay them. But the I mean, other thing is the, the thing... reason it came from Arizona is because the town makes a separate corporation and agreement. They basically make like, almost like a little subsidiary thing. They'll call it the such and such, you know, photo enforcement, such and such. It's almost like a sub corporation. And then they have a private, they have a contract with whatever photo agency wants to bring in the cameras. And the agreement is really between the town and them and only for the citizenry. So it's kind of silly anyway. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what I was um, going to say because, <laughs> you know, you and I, you and I have talked about this before, and I was actually going to get you to explain the whole. Because I think uh, when you got one of those tickets, didn't weren't they asking you to mail to like Texas? Uh, maybe I thought one was Knoxville, but they have the no, agreement, like, I, company agreement, and and wherever that company headquarters is, maybe that was Texas. Yeah, I mean, I know that there was one of the times you sent me a picture of those, and I mean, it was it was way out of state. It definitely wasn't Knoxville. Oh, oh, um, that, was the, that was the Bluff City one. Yeah, yeah that's uh, different. That's a different town. That's my truck goes over there a lot too. <laughs> so I used to the finger every time I went by, so it would have it on film. That's my own little addendum. I just postscript, end of sentence, close scene. So, but everybody who's listening, if you ever get a uh, red light ticket or uh, anything where they catch you on camera, like if they send you a speeding ticket, catch you on camera, that is not, they can't uphold it at all. And technically it is mailing a false security and it adds a whole nother level to the crime when they start mailing yeah. across state lines. Yeah, it's called a counterfeit security. I think it's in Title 18, isn't it? Uh, I believe so, but I I just always say counterfeit security. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, security. or false I mean, security. Of, you know what it really is? It's a bill of attainder. That's what a counterfeit security is. It's a bill of attainder. That's actually covered in the Constitution. Well, bill of attainder is like a law that just just applies to a small section of society just like an individual group like like yeah, uh making marijuana illegal and only arresting potheads that's a, in my opinion well, that's a bill of attainder well technically what it is is it's like a legislative act that designates uh, and like if they said all long hairs are guilty of some crime, like, you know, like Hitler did with the Jews, that would be a bill of attainder. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. You, so, think, so if you think about a ticket, they're declaring you, right? You're, well, you're a like, speeder. <laughs> yeah. You're, I mean, like it says. A red light runner. Like, I mean, you know how many times, listen, man, you know how many times I told people, look, sign this is not a mission to guilt, just means you agree to pay the fine or show up in court by the designated date which you have absolutely the right to contest said ticket. I uh, just need your signature here. And it says violator signature. <laughs> so you're signing as a violator. You can't make this shit up, dude. 
What about um question? What about when people what did did you ever Sean, did you ever encounter somebody who wrote above their their name like um what's that thing that people started writing like uh under duress? Yeah, I mean No, the not. under duress. Yeah, I didn't care. I wouldn't have cared if I saw that. I saw the I saw the I reserve all rights thing and I I couldn't agree more. Then I would just talk to them and they do everything I needed them to do. But you, see, this is where we get back to the problem, right? Let's say you own a vase from the Ming Dynasty. I mean, this thing rocks, man. It's like a, a beam of hope in an empty desert, and you go up and hit it with a tack hammer. Everybody's like, man, it's crazy. That thing's worth like $2 million. I can't believe you did that. And you're like, well, it's my vase. I'll do it as I wish. And there is a certain amount of that that's going on because when you're acting as a citizen, whether you, you know, I don't get into the whole state citizenry thing. I mean, there is that, but not in the context in which it's being promoted by people. But if you're acting as a citizen, technically speaking, if you're acting in that capacity, you have no rights. It's, it's just like John was talking about a minute ago with the cops, right? Like the cops... <laughs> they're acting you can't harm the cop you can't harm the man the man's acting as a cop so at that it's just like carrying well i'm not driving at this time well if you're driving a cab you are a driver you see so the same thing is going on in the opposite direction so people not knowing their rights not understanding what governments are how they act how they got into it what an adhesive contract is and why would they do it and what what to take on the form of something they have really given Kurt Blanc power to the state and its policy enforcement officers to do the things they're doing. I mean, when they said, hey, stay home, how many people stayed home? I mean, I get some common sense here. That's not the fight that I'm making. What I'm, the argument I'm making is it's a shared responsibility. I mean, we're just, we've gotten here over hundreds of years, and the fatter our bellies get, and, and a lot of people, their wallets, and the more technologically advanced we get, the more enslaved we become. Who's lazy? Completely, completely agree. Yeah. But see, love conquers all, right? So somehow, somehow, somebody with some charisma, somebody's got to start the ball rolling. Like, wait a minute, we can talk this thing out, man. We're not right on everything, and you guys ain't right on everything. Let's sit down and figure this thing out and start drawing it back. And I think you're starting to see some of that. I mean, obviously, a lot of them are eggheads, but they're starting to say, hey, that's cool. We should, you know, take away some of the power the police have. You know, and again, I also think it needs to be brought to the forefront of the argument. Like, yeah, because it's okay to do it. First of all, patrolling has been proved through a Kansas, a Kansas City study. It was back in the 80s, I think. It shows that just patrolling doesn't keep crime down. It doesn't work. It's just, it's just not – I mean, you get lucky. I mean, I can't say I didn't get lucky as a cop just patrolling and run into something, but <laughs> cops need to be taught what's really a crime because they don't differentiate between a speeding ticket and an ounce of marijuana. I mean, they just – they don't know how. It's a mentality, and if they understood, you know, what the real deal was, and some do. I mean, there's a lot of smart guys out there, man. They're just brainwashed. It's not that they're dumb. They're just brainwashed, like everybody else. That's got to get turned around. The only way it's going to get turned around is if, you know, 
if the cops can look at us and us look at the cops and go, hey, we're one. There's no, there's no, there's no separate race. There's no blue race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all right here, man. This is us. Like, what you do to me, you're doing to your kid. So that's the deal. I mean, he just, he just killed his own kid. You know, these cops are doing this because the shit they're doing sets it up for the next generation, and it's going to be worse. And when they're not cops anymore, they don't have that political immunity and that, you know, good old boy syndrome, and they're not part of the club anymore. Let me tell you something. I'm not part of the club anymore. <laughs> I can assure you there's no cops around me thinking he's still part of the club. He's still one of us. You don't think that. I'm not in the club anymore. It's just, I gotta, hear you. It's just the whole mentality has got to just change. It's got to. People don't call them tenderbox. In my humble opinion. Mm. I got, I got one more thing I I wanted to say. Um, on a few shows, I've heard you guys. I don't know specifically who, but you guys say that the law. God's law is simply to do no harm, but I think we have to recognize that that that's not actually what is going on because God's law is a commandment and the commandment is to love one another. And if you recognize that love is an action word, that means if you seen somebody else getting harmed and you didn't do anything, you were technically doing no harm. But if you step in to help them, then you're showing them love, and that's God's law. I, I I don't know if I agree with your interpretation on that and not what you're talking about with not stepping in and doing anything. Um, I, I believe that you are not correct on, on not stepping in to do anything, and that's doing no harm. Uh, I believe that it would be no, you would be doing harm by not stepping in, by not aiding and assisting whoever's in the right or trying to get things into a calm, you know, civil fashion um, and allowing some type of violence to take place in front of you. You know, I mean, it's like when I was watching the stuff with the George Floyd protests, um, you know, the Blacks Lives Matters protesters had a big sign up that said white silence, white violence. And I know a lot of people have been talking about that. And ideologically, that's more the way I think, although I don't necessarily think about it in a white black thing. But I do think and, and just like the officer said, when uh, George Floyd's brother was asking him to arrest the other uh, officers and um, whether he thought that they did wrong and, and the way he responded was saying by doing nothing you're doing wrong you know I mean that's effectively yeah. how, how he was responding so you know that's the way that I view that that kind of situation is like yeah the true law is do no harm but there are certain times where it you know, it's it's not do no harm and just go on and do nothing. 
um, it's it's do no harm and and try to stop the harm that's being done on on the earth now. I mean that's that's part your responsibility is part my responsibility is part Sean's responsibility is part the officer's responsibility. Like we're we're kind of all in this together. You know what I mean? The world's becoming a smaller and smaller place. I hate that. Don't do it. Yeah, I remember when I went to the pro when I went to the protest. What was that, Caroline? We went to protest. Oh, I thought Sean was talking. I didn't want to interrupt. Were you saying something, Sean? Well, I was going to expound on what you asked. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, please do. I was just going to say. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't. I mean, I agree with the do no harm thing, but I don't. I mean, it's not. I'm, that's not the law of God. I mean, that's a law of God, I would say. Um, and there's many. Shall I have false gods and worship other gods and, you know, the blood of Christ and forgiveness? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of laws and a lot of things. Um, but I would agree doing no harm. The one catch is there's no constant. One of the biggest things in this country, believe it or not, in my opinion, legal sentencing is is a benefit when it comes to technically natural law. Um, John already knows what I'm talking about. I mean, natural law is much harsher. um, And it's just kind of gotten away from the the purpose of the whole thing, in my opinion. But doing no harm doesn't mean not doing anything like it. I don't think God has a problem in the world with somebody who's taking an ax and burying it in somebody's head who's raping a child. I mean, I don't. I think God would be like clapping, like you just hit a home run at soccer practice or a baseball practice. So, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, let's let's just face it. The guy's wiped out entire the the planet once. Um, kingdoms, countless people. <clears throat> One of the things love does is it protects. And when you see evil going on, to do nothing. I mean, that's the definition of sin in the Bible: is to know good and do it not. So that kind of covers the harm thing. I mean, if you know something's good yeah. and you don't do it, technically you're wrong or more wrong. Like if John and I and people on this call and other people who know didn't actively try to change things around us, we would be worse than the people we were claiming to try to help. Because we do know. We're actually accountable yeah. for more. Yep. But no, I mean, violence sometimes is a good thing. Used correctly and for the right <laughs> purposes. Well, I'm just being honest. People believe in the death penalty for a reason. Some people just need to die. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm honest. Jeffrey Dahmer. You know? I mean, that guy shouldn't be hanging out. Oh, he's not. I don't think, (laughs) honestly... I think that most people have not questioned why God says to not kill because people don't really apply. I believe they don't apply their mind to what it means to kill. I believe that if you kill somebody, that that means they might just, you know, not have to face judgment because they were killed. So I think that in reality, if somebody's doing something horrible, we should definitely separate them. but we shouldn't like kill them because that means we're making a judgment and that's not our position. God sent us here to love one another and not to 
make judgments on what they're doing as bad, even though it's obviously horrible. We aren't here to be persecutors. We're here to be loving one another. You know what I mean? But I do understand I what have, you're saying, because I know you've probably seen uh, some horrible things. Well, I would have to respectfully <laughs> kind of disagree with that. It doesn't say thou shalt not kill, so thou shalt not murder in the original text. Murder is killing without a cause, like an unjust killing. Like if you unjustly kill somebody, that's murder. But God commanded, you know, armies. I mean, one of his names is he who builds armies. So, I mean, no, he absolutely expects you to sometimes, I mean, judgment is fine if it's not your judgment. If you're judging them by God's law, we do it all the time. Hey, that man stole from me. Hey, that man committed perjury in court and lied. Hey, that man murdered my wife. I mean, that's natural law. I mean, that's what, that's what this whole show is about. I mean, it, it is about drawing that line with the word or the sword of the word, right? You know, that's what the word of God is, is a sword. And it rightly divides the truth and it separates the wheat from the tares. It does all these things for us. Like, we can't be rendering judgment because we don't know their heart. Just like I'm saying, you know, we've had callers on here, oh, cops suck. Well, no, they don't. It's like saying every soccer player sucks because one guy missed a goal. I mean, that's stupid. And why would anybody say that? You judge each man or woman by their by their individual actions. And when somebody's causing an immense amount of harm, I agree 100% with John. You get in the middle of it and you stop it from that. That is love. I mean, that's no greater love a man has than he laid down his life for his friend. I mean, that doesn't happen because you're. You know, I'm not being a smart like it doesn't happen because you're at a hangout. I mean, that means something's tense. And remember, he told Peter to bring a sword. He did rebuke Peter because he cut the guy's ear off, but he did it because Peter was protecting Christ and trying to keep him from fulfilling his mission. The Peter sword wasn't for Christ. The sword was for Peter. That's just a perspective. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, about the protest, I was just going to say that when I went to the protest, I, you know, I kind of felt alone um, standing on my own because most people were like, fuck the cops and like super angry and just following these two guys who were like kind of leading them. And I came in there like telling, yelling, like I was super upset and I was yelling like, you better remember that murder is murder and um, I'm going to pray for you. That was my number one thing is like that. I don't think people recognize that cops are people too. And it's not right to just kind of attack and act, act like, well, you're, you're not a good person because you did this. Well, we've all done bad things. We've all done, you know, our own share of things. And I just didn't want to be somebody who was there to issue more hatred. I wanted to be there to try and tell people like, the problem isn't the cops. The problem is that we need to change. We can't change them. We need to change ourselves. And um, uh, forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, I mean it's it, that's the whole the whole thing with walking a mile in their moccasins. I mean. Can you imagine being in a shooting and then an hour later somebody giving you shit because you weren't polite enough giving them directions on a map? Yeah, I, mean, I know. Really, you would you would get complaints like that. Like, hey, I waved at officer such and such, and he didn't wave back. 
He had called into the office. Why didn't you wave back at Steve? I've known Steve since we were in high school. He's a nice guy. Uh, I didn't see him. <laughs> you know, like, I was tuning the radio. I was text messaging while I was driving the police cruiser. I mean, I don't know. Who knows what I was doing? But, I mean, it's just, I'm just saying, people have got to figure out we're all one. In in respect to a race, obviously, we're people have different beliefs systems and stuff but that comes back to the respect and do no harm thing i mean i know one thing we better get it together really 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 quickly or it's going to be going to be rough i believe it's about to get real interesting I think it already is interesting. <laughs> it's gonna get more interesting. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions or anything on the board? Um, I mean, nobody's raised their hands, so. Seems kind of like a slow night. Typically, it does this right at the beginning of summer. I mean, it is like right at the beginning of June. Yeah, I guess it is. I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but I don't have air conditioning here, and I it's hot. It's freaking hot, and it's gonna get hotter. <laughs> California knows how to party. <laughs> California. <laughs> And I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't know what you're talking about. Over here, you have to have air conditioner to live. Oh, really? That's crazy. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, well, I, I would die. It's not just hot, it's humid. <laughs> it's the humidity Jeez. that hurts. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> For real. Hey, For, literally. Literally. <laughs> I know he doesn't want to talk. He don't want to talk. Dude, JD, suck it up. Put your big boy panties on, JD. Get on here. He just made me say, what's up, JD? I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk, Sean. Freaking, you don't even get out of that, dog. Right. I'm sitting here with my fans on. I don't have AC. Man, what the hell's with you people? Yeah, What's man. wrong with y'all over there, man? <coughs> well, I mean, I mean, well, hey, hey, to JD's credit, he's trying to get off the grid, and it takes a lot of <laughs> off-grid power to freaking run an AC, believe me. Yep. You better be on yeah. wind, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I was going to ask you... Uh, because I was actually at work when I saw your that little news-style cut segment about the uh, asymmetric solutions. That was you that posted that, correct? Um, not sure what you're referring to. The thing was talking about the whole that this uh, these riots and everything have been pre-planned, and it had all those corporations and one guy. They had those kids group. Was, that, was this you, or am I off in left field with you? Um, I, I mean, I have, made, 
I have made some of those some posts like that, but I don't know the one that you're referring to. That that sounds like somebody else. All right. Well, the one I'm referring to was this. There's these organizations, and I'm in the process of trying to vet some of this stuff. So, but the information I saw looked pretty freaking compelling, and it wasn't done silly either. It was like a real news journalism kind of thing. I was talking about how you have all these little kid groups. I can't name them because I'm not a kid. But in schools and stuff, and they're like they look like they all wear the same shirts, and they do all these activities and stuff. But they're recruiting kids to learn how to protest, and uh, it's all this communist. They call each other comrades, and there's all these separate groups, and they kind of look pretty normal at first. But when you start seeing them. You start realizing that it's really um, they're screwing with kids' minds and basically making them hate capitalism and uh, yeah. all that. And then the same guy that's tied in funding that is also over here training law enforcement. So he's basically training people how to be protesters, training people how to fight protesters in law enforcement. And he's, he's so in other words, he's he's playing both sides. And I'm like. Hmm, yeah, that's pretty interesting. But these kids, I mean, dude, they are they're a hell of a lot organized in the counterculture. I can tell you that. And yeah, they, they got money. They, they got they got money behind them. They got money behind them. Um, I'm not I'm not familiar with the post that you're talking about. I mean, sometimes um, I I'll might try have to shared something. Yeah, I'd like to check it out. Um, but yeah, that's what we're up against. You know, we're up against a machine like that. That's that's doing tactics like what you were just saying you know funding both sides and and creating this division and and fomenting it you know increasing its uh, tension you know it's it's the hegelian dial dialectic it's where you you basically funnel energy into into two polar opposites to to have a you know uh to have a yeah, the bad and evil. yeah basically create the controversy and then and then produce for each side what what the what the opposites need for you know to 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 go against the other thing and and really what you're focusing on is, is to get the central the center point outcome done so you have to get that done so you so you have to so you fund this side and you fund that side and you force them against each other and then you know you you try to predict and and uh, correlate or uh, calculate the outcome that you want So that's what we're up against. And, um, yeah, I liked all the stuff that you guys were talking about in the beginning. I was just sitting here listening and, uh, you know, maybe it's the heat or maybe it's just all of the overwhelming, you know, scenes that have been happening. Uh, you know, sometimes I get a little, I get a little beat down mentally from it all, you know? Yeah. That's why I only yeah. watch news about one day a week for about a half hour just to make sure. Like, I wasn't even sure if the riots were still going on. And I'm still not sure. Are they still going on? I don't know either. Um, I saw some clips from, from Brussels, um, I, you know, some, some pieces from other parts of the world. And, and it looks pretty, it's, it looks pretty um, calculated, you know. Everyone's wearing black in a certain fashion. A lot of the graffiti tags look the same. Um, 
but uh, as far as what's going on here in the states, I'm I'm not really sure. It's it feels like they've they've kind of burned themselves out. I mean, how I don't know how much energy you know the those young groups can can have. It seems like most of them were that were doing all the damage were were um, pretty pretty young, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, right? I mean, how long can you yell and be pissed off? I know what I've been seeing is basically like the rioting and looting has calmed down, but there are still pockets where people are are still peacefully protesting. Right. And I think but that's one thing. Mainly in major yeah. city areas. Hey, uh, yeah, not... JD. Yeah. Did I did I interrupt you? I think there's a little hesitation between you and I. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, man, let me just, everybody, I don't know how many people are on the show, but anybody who listens to this, you know, if there was ever a moment for us to get behind something, and I made a little short video about this today, but about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, John and I called for transparency by putting cameras in court and putting them on a public broadcast system somewhere in each in each area. So you can go there and you could, even if it was an online service, <clears throat> and then getting the police trained in law. Those are two issues. If we if we could push those, that's a rallying point for everyone right now. Hey, we wish for more transparency. We want to see what's going on in these courts. We've been we've been in the dark too long. We want to find out what's going on with these cops and how they're being trained. Why did they only receive a day's training on or four hours of training on constitutional law out of 900 hours? Why? Uh, I mean, these are good questions. They're good questions. And see, the thing is now, cops that hear my voice and go, oh, traitor. No, dude, I'm trying to protect you too because I don't care what you think. The uniform never made us invincible. And when people get pissed off enough, they'll come burn your precinct down. I think that should be pretty clear by now. So what we're actually trying to do is prevent that from happening by getting everybody educated and getting the courts to where people see what kind of underhanded shit they pull to show just what kind of silly. Sorry. When they pull uh, underhanded shit, because I will say, I mean, not all courts are lawless. That's not what I said. But every court has well, bullshit. No, most courts. Oh yeah, they, they courts all got. Lawless. They all got it one way or another. Most courts are lawless, even if it's mostly out of ignorance. Regardless, there's got to be some kind of standard of accounting, and this is the people's opportunity to take these voices that have been loud in the wrong way and manipulate the situation into a good thing, because they don't have, they don't have, uh, they're not wrong on everything. The, the race thing is stupid, and the 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 idea that America has is this huge black hating country is just asinine. Um, it's not. It hasn't been that way for quite some time. Um, there's people at the top, and then there's us. <laughs> they don't give a shit what color you are. Um, yeah. They just take. They, they don't care. And the and the reason that we care is because we're stupid. Because that's how they keep us divided. <laughs> so, hey, I know. Let's all get rallied around this one thing called integrity and responsibility and transparency. What's wrong with that? 
They, there's I mean, no reason any judge or court or attorney or cop should not go, absolutely, I'm a man of integrity, right? If they fight it, it just proves our point all the more. And that, I yield the floor. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that race thing. I mean, it's it feels like it's blown out of proportion more than what it is, more than what I see anyway. But, but I will say that, I mean, the courts definitely have taken advantage of, you know, the – the brown skinned people for a long time. I mean, you go to any courthouse in any major city in the world. I mean, they're in the, in the country and uh, they're just overloaded. I mean, they're just, they're like a, it's like a theme park, but you know, <laughs> not a very happy one to be at, you know? And yeah, but I mean, you see the point, you see the point I'm talking about though. The focus should be on getting them trained and getting transparency in the courts. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally see that. But I mean, you know, and I guess, that kind that's of, what I'm um, focusing on. That's what we got to move right there. That's the one. Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, you know, exposing the system, I mean, that would basically expose the system for what it really is, I guess. Um, but it would be a good way to come at it for the general populace to, to you know, to, to approach it with that respect. But then again, I mean, are we, you know, are we just watching the, the, the uh, the demise of the system itself. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that that uh, that angle. What, Sean, what, was, would, what was that? What did you just? I didn't catch that last thing you said. What did you say? Um, I mean, that would basically would not would that not expose the system for what it really is? Eventually, or I mean. You know, can you reform a system that's based in? I'm not talking about reform. Yeah, I'm not talking about reform at all. I'm talking about transparency. See, if you look mm -hmm. at a turd long enough, you figure out it smells like shit. I see. <laughs> the I problem see. is exactly. nobody's been nobody's been staring at the turd long enough. They know there's right. a turd out there, and every once in a while, when it gets in their world, they get a whiff of it. Suddenly, they're activists. So, but when, so now you when that turd's floating in everybody else's punch bowl, they're like, "I ain't drinking it." So you want to expose the, you want to expose the turd? <laughs> yeah, well, just look. Point, you right? guys, yeah, you yeah. guys say you're great. You guys say you're the top. Look here, you guys said like here. Think about this. Watch. This is how schizophrenic it is. I got gotcha. you. The police gotcha. are here. The police exist to protect you, right? But the Supreme Court has ruled they have no obligation to protect you. Or your and for the past couple of weeks, they've okay. been putting a billy club outside people's heads. You know? Well, not only that, but they've and been letting them, they've not been protecting the property. So hey, the citizens uh, have been doing it, and the citizens had greater success. That, that's for true. That's for real. Hey, 646 has, has their hand up. So, JD, you can go ahead and answer back, and then we'll, I'm going to unmute them. No, I, I, I see where Sean's coming from, and um, and I agree with that. That's basically a way to to let people finally see um, what the system really is. Um, but that would be the approach to 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 take at this point right now, right, Sean? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, it's well, like let's talk about the real issue. Like you, you, you want okay? Let's just. I'm gonna, I know some people don't agree with this, but this is me. So this is what you get. So you want to say abortion is not not that it's fine. It's not a, a real baby. 
okay, let's have a meeting at 6 o'clock in the gymnasium, and we'll have all the cameras there. And I'll just walk in with a bucket, and I just dump the body out right on the table, blood and all, and say, there you go. And when everybody sees it's a baby, suddenly we're going to have a real conversation. Yeah. You see? You, you, you see, when it's not in your punch bowl, it's not a turd, you see? Yep. So put it right in their face. Here, you want to say it's not a baby? Look at this. <laughs> oh, it is a hey. baby. You're you have I'm, no opinion. I'm gonna Go I'm gonna unmute six four six. So six four six, you've been unmuted. How's it going? It's going. Can you hear me? Yeah, Hello? we can hear you now. Oh, hi. How are you? How are you? Um, I totally agree with your transparency of the courts. Um, can I, I would like to ask a question. I'm, uh, I'm on my 12th hour of a foreclosure problem. Um, and um, I filed a Chapter 13. I was in my home for 30 years, and the defendants, which is a law firm, submitted a letter saying that they represented me, which was a lie. I filed pro se, and the judge dismissed the case, dismissed my case, even though I brought it to his attention. It was a wrongful foreclosure. My husband and I were in the home for 30 years, and it was when I went into the hospital that the servicer foreclosed on me. Hello. Okay. Yeah. And um, I, I, I just don't know what to do at this point. I'm just not running from my home of 30 years. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's a, that's a fairly complex issue, and I'm going to tell you what makes that issue really complex right from the get go, and that is uh -huh. the fact that you filed a Chapter 13. You right. went into court as the plaintiff. You made the, you're the one who made the claim that you owed the money and that you wish for some type of equitable relief through the courts. Yes, but I only filed a Chapter 13 because of the eviction process, to stop an eviction process, because when I submitted my application, it was for a trial by jury in which the Supreme Court um, dismissed it um, with the letter that was introduced to the court by the defendant that they represented me. They did not represent me, and the judge let it be submitted. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what that part mm -hmm. is about, but I, I'm just oh. saying right now is mm -hmm. the, the moment, and the IRS does this all the time, the mm -hmm. IRS will send people assessments and they'll say, hey, you owe us $80,000. Now, if you wish, mm -hmm. if you think that you owe us less than $80,000, go down to the federal uh court you know your local federal courthouse go to the tax court and file a petition so that we can we can get this lowered and what happens is as soon as the individual takes that advice and they go down to the courthouse and they file this petition because they think it's going to help them somehow what they're doing is is they're automatically giving jurisdiction over to the court 
Oh, okay. Because they're you. the ones asking the court to come into the middle of the controversy. And not only are uh -huh. they doing that, but they're also claiming that they already owe the $80,000. Uh -huh. They just wish to pay less. And, and they're uh -huh. doing the same thing when they're dragging people into bankruptcy court. Like a Title okay. 13. When you went and filed that, you asked the court to basically uh -huh. um, settle the dispute which the dispute was is that you owed money uh, the correct way to have started that entire procedure would have been to challenge the bank's vested interest you know what i mean well, you know, they don't I, have you, any like yeah. you're the only you know one what, who can make a claim on the property right well what i did was in 2017 i submitted a letter to the bank um asking them um for information on which i need wanted in 30 days that they had a um and they had a claim to the property and i asked for specific things and actually they defaulted on what i asked them for so i wonder if i can go back and put in a claim uh adversary proceeding you know because the creditors didn't show up at the um at the 241 hearing anyway the alleged creditors they didn't show up and the minute i filed my house was burning um within about an hour after i filed i came home to the fire department with my house burning I know that sounds crazy, but it did. It happened. Hey, can I ask you a question real quick? Sure. I think I, we've spoke before, haven't we? No, we've never spoken. Oh. No. Your case is almost identical to a lady that's in one of our groups. A homeowner stopped running? Do what? Um, um, I have... Um, I have a site that says homeowners stop running. No, that's, no, it's just someone that's on our WhatsApp oh, group. Oh, your well, case okay. Sounds, yeah. Your case okay. sounds like really, really, really okay. similar. But yeah. uh, did you understand what John was meaning, though, when he told I mean, the moment you became the petitioner, you surrendered all yeah. jurisdiction for them to do anything they wanted to do, basically. Because okay. you asked well, you them know to what settle the matter. Oh, well, I can withdraw. Well, I'm trying. I did it. Well, I don't know, you know, that much about the law, but I only did it so the creditors would come to the table so I can challenge their um, interest in the property and let them prove it. Yeah, and what I'm what I'm saying is that you should have started off completely um, different with a different strategy instead of instead of going and suing them to make them come to the table and negotiate you mm -hmm. should have went ahead and told them straight up hey i don't have the money to pay you and i'm not going to be able to have the money to pay you but whenever i you know get into good fortune again i'll have the money to pay you make your best good mm -hmm. faith offer and when but, they reject but it then mm -hmm. you can go to the court and you can say, I made my best good faith offer and that is my property. They didn't mm -hmm. put any vested interest in it. You're in a completely but, different position. From but, what you're talking about but, doing uh, and the type of stuff you're talking about doing, you always uh -huh. wish to be the defendant because it's a lot easier as the defendant. 
Right, right. But you know what? Can I say this? They transferred my loan six times to six different services. And the last service sent me a letter. Actually, I received it today stating that they put a stop on my foreclosure. They did not sell it. They said that the previous bank, Bank of America, superseded their authority and sold it. And they would send, they would send me the transcript indicating that they did not sell it. Shoot. <clears throat> She would have to walk back backwards, would would she not, John? Like try to back out of it, back out of everything. It'd be a lot of work, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's that's the thing. It's like you're sitting here saying that you don't know a lot about law, and even for somebody who knew an incredible amount about law, it's uh -huh. it's so far into it that it would be very very difficult to back out of. To, to get back well, to a position well, you, where you can stand you, on. Mm -hmm. Well, what it is is that my husband and I have been in the home 30 years, and the way it was taken, it was taken after I had had a stroke and I was in the hospital, and um, what they said to me was not what was done. And upon coming home, um, I find out that the home was, you know, wrongfully foreclosed on. And it's just that I'm just trying every strategy because I just, I, I'm not, I'm not going to give up. I know that I'm not doing everything correct. And I was just looking for some guidance because every attorney that I've gone to is a ten to $15,000 retainer um, and it's a 15% chance. So I said, let me just, I, so far it's been three years post-sale and I, I'm still here, but it has to be something that I can hang on to because what I'm going to fight because something is wrong, and they're not just taking my house like that. Hello? Hello? Sorry, I was muted. Sorry, I was muted. Oh, okay. um, so... Think think about it from a different mm -hmm. perspective, okay? I mean, don't get okay. me wrong. If somebody was no, trying no, to close no, my I'm, house, I'm, I'd listen, be pissed. I'm, no, no, I'm okay. I mean, don't get wrong with I'm getting. Re I'm saying don't get don't get me wrong about what I'm getting ready to say. Just no, I won't. I won't. Okay, so you say I'm gonna fight. Yes. See, kind of the best way to utilize law is not to fight. Um, okay. Think about this, okay? Court is for okay. controversy. Anytime you're in court, some, right. something has happened that you could not handle in the private. So basically, mm -hmm. court is somebody's appeal. Mm -hmm. They're petitioning the court to intervene and try mm -hmm. to bring, you know, like the two women, like the woman who uh, yeah. said it in Solomon, right? Hey, that's my baby. And the other yeah, one said, oh, I my know baby. the baby, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, well, yes. that's a great example. So here's a controversy. Yes. Now, Solomon, right. being wise, knew the law of women. He knew that the real mother would sacrifice her feelings like to protect the kid. Exactly. <clears throat> so that's exactly. kind of how court's supposed to work, okay? So right. <clears throat> technically, you got, you got a letter of nothing, from nothing, about nothing. Right. In law. Okay. In law, okay? Mm -hmm. So okay. maybe what we're saying now is now you're so far in 
Mm-hmm. It's not that you can't. You can always correct an error on the record, okay? okay? You can always do that. Okay. And John was trying to kind of explain to you a different way of thinking about it. One of, uh, okay. like, instead of saying, I don't owe you, or I don't owe you that much, tell me what I owe you. First of all, who am I talking to? Okay, then the second question would be, once you get a name, okay, do I owe you something? I mean, it's really, I mean, I know it's a bigger issue, obviously, because it's right, probably a lot of money. But it's the same principle as, hey, right. he's got my lollipop. It's my, not his lollipop. It's my lollipop. Can you prove it's your lollipop? Right. Well, of course, I've mm-hmm. got the lollipop. That's where the myth of the nine, that possession is nine-tenths of the lie. It's actually a myth. But it's, when you mm-hmm. think about it, you've lived there for 30 years, right? Yes. And I'm still okay, so here. Everybody, yeah. And everybody knows that's where you live. Like, we're just going to yeah. say your name is Jane Doe. Like, you'll say, where does Jane right. Doe live? Oh, she lives right over there. And if right. they say, well, where does Bank of America live? Well, I don't know where the hell Bank of America lives. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. law right, would right. say, now, right. you have vested interest in the property. Yes. The reason John told you to ask about vested interest in the beginning would be because the bank has none. Mm-hmm. So how can they make a lawful claim to the property? They can't. You know why? Because there is nobody named bank. So it's a whole mm-hmm. different way of thinking about it. Like you're not there to right. say you don't owe somebody. You don't know, right? Right. Exactly. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what your religious affiliation is, but in the Bible it says to agree with your accused of thine adversary quickly. Go go to him mm-hmm. quickly. Okay. Well, hey, mm-hmm. John. Sean owes me twenty dollars. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Can you show me where I owe you the twenty dollars? Not. I don't owe you nothing, dude. How do I know exactly. I didn't forget and borrow twenty bucks? Exactly. Exactly. Well, there you exactly. go. We see how you're not fighting. But, mm-hmm. but there's, um, there's but no does fight this make there. Any, exactly. Does this make any difference? Um, that my maturity date is twenty twenty eight. The maturity date for my loan. <clears throat> Honestly, those are such no. ambiguous questions. Without seeing your case mm-hmm. and without seeing the paperwork and right. without knowing right. at least right. a good grip, because I don't, I don't know the context of how they're right. applying okay. that. It's just like you said; they okay. sold it six times. I mean, they can do that. Those are what you yes. call derivatives. Yes. I mean, and that's what they do. They they sell those over and over and package them and repackage them, and that's what causes all the financial, the housing collapse bubble. Mm-hmm. It's to all the derivatives that they bundle up and resell. So, yeah. I, you know, so you're never without hope, but you got to know a lot. I mean, honestly, you'd have to know a whole lot to go in there and pull yeah. it off. Okay, Um I know, I know, I sound crazy, but I'm gonna tell no, you, you I'm that I'm that person that's very, very creative, and if I have to throw my husband, who's a Vietnam combat vet, under the table to get my point across, I will, be, because uh, yes, that's mean, huh? That's mean. I, I, 
<laughs> because I also I have like plan A, B, C, D, E, F, however you want to go down the alphabet bit because my husband was um appointed a guardian that did not show up to protect his interest and the judge, alleged judge, um, because the guardian that was appointed did not show up, he moved forward and I said to him and I recorded it, I said, Your Honor, you want to move forward without giving my husband his due process of the law or have someone represent him and move on with the trial? You're going to break your oath of office and, you know, and, and, and kiss the Constitution's, you know, kick the Constitution's ass and not uphold the law in which you swore to uphold? And he turned to the investors and said, you haven't evicted her yet. I've granted eviction, and um, and I and I um, and when I said that, he transferred me to another judge, and I um, did a motion to vacate. So I my next strategy is to use the fact that um, my husband did not have any representation for you know with a guardian that that court appointed for him. So he had his, he didn't have a due process. So I'm gonna milk it into something's gonna happen. It has to. And then they said they served my husband. He said that he did not serve in the military. And my husband is proud to say that he was a combat veteran. So I even have that evidence also uh, with the service that they said that they served him. My husband would never tell anybody that he has not served in a war. So do I sound crazy or do, you know, is there a little door that can be opened with what I'm saying to you? Well, have you ever seen the Disney show Alice in Wonderland? Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you remember yes. do you remember the scene where the Queen and Alice are playing croquet? Okay, yes. <laughs> and do you remember what the Queen said when she was winning? What did the Queen remember. do? Oh she changed the rules. And she goes yeah. Alice says, You can't do that. She goes, Sure I can. I'm and the she queen. Said, yes, I'm the Queen, yes. Yes. And that's what that's what you're facing. See, regardless of what you say, you have technically given given somebody power of attorney basically to make a decision for you in the way you're going about it. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're 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 literally giving. You're you're basically begging the court. Okay, and the court has an obligation to. To what? See, now it depends. Like you're saying Constitution. The judges, like, this has nothing to do with this case. Yeah, and then I, yeah. you're talking about this, and he's like, in his mind, he's like, well, okay, that has nothing. The law before the court, in his mm. administrative court, is the agreement mm. that you made with yeah. the bank when you bought the house. And your stroke, mm. like your stroke, doesn't matter. I know they don't care if somebody does. No, well, no, I mean it's not in the contract. No, it, from their no, point of view, not. if it's no, not in the contract, no. so they have no obligation. Now, morally, do they? Okay. Probably, but morally, they never yeah. would have. You wouldn't have ever went to them for the money to begin with. Exactly. See, now that's that's why it's like, can the answer, can the questions be answered? Absolutely. Can they? Can you change course and act in law? Absolutely. Is it hard to do? Oh, yes, it's hard to do. 
And it's hard to do when you haven't aggravated anybody yet. And the way the court is looking at you is as a combatant. Yeah. They're looking at you. And, I mean, I'm just saying. That it, and it's not, it's nothing personal, but that's. I know. That's the way, way, that's the way, the way it's being gone about. about. That's the situation that's been created. And that's a really mm-hmm. hard nut to turn. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just difficult. Even in the best yeah. of circumstances. But yeah, but honestly, yeah. in my opinion, you would have to think about it in, from a different angle than you are. Okay. Okay. But there are okay. answers. But you know, I just have it's to hard for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you have to be willing to listen to other ideas. I'm and, open and then to go, well, my, I don't. I don't have a closed mind with this. Oh no, I wasn't meaning that. I'm just saying. Yeah, one has right. to have an open mind to get yes. things put in there. Is what I'm saying. That's yeah. all. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm just trying everything. I'm just trying. Is this, everything. The, is this okay. the first time you've listened to the show? Yes, I was um, invited. Um, I I was um, I'm in with the friends in law, and they, and I was invited to. You know, you know, listen and tell my story. You know, but well, I don't cool. know which way but, to go. But something has to happen. But, well, we've got. Look, we've got. You can go back and listen to the shows that we've been doing. Yeah. Now, now, a guy we did some shows with before has made it hard to find unless John knows a way to find them. But we had another whole year or so with him. But but you can also go on YouTube and look at JC Shaman, and there's some really good info on there. Um, mm-hmm. There, there are answers, and John probably has mm-hmm. some others for you. So okay, okay, okay. Oh, you know, I I was given a month to come up with um, you know, whatever I need to come up with. The trustee, I have to admit, you know, she said, "Listen, I'm going to give you a month and come up with whatever you have to come up with." So, um, the mm-hmm. Veterans Administration I- also said. <laughs> They also brought it to my attention that something's wrong with my deed, and they told me to introduce that to the court. So they are helping me somewhat. So um, as you said, I have to find other ways, and I will start looking at um, you know other avenues to go. But um, I thank you for listening and taking this time, and um, I'll, I'll let you guys know because I'm telling you, I mean, you would have thought I was in that war because I'm not giving up. It may not be traditional. It may not be the way the court has designed it to be, but I'm just that, I'm just, you don't, you just, oh, my God, I'm just that person that doesn't give up. That's why my name is Valencia. My mother named me after a theater. She said, you don't give up no matter what, and I'm not. I'm going to have my house back. Watch and see. That's a really awesome name. Yes, I'm going to have my house back. If I have to pay a journalist to share it, I don't care. I'm going to get by any means necessary. I'm I'm not giving up my home like that. So, again, thank you so much for listening. I know you guys are probably cracking up. But um, no, not all. <laughs> but but I'm very creative, and I'll think of something, even if I, have I have to admire to your this. tenacity. Uh-huh. I actually admire your tenacity. I wish we had more people on the planet that yeah. won't give up. 
Well, you know, one thing I taught my children, you know, try to climb that mountain, and even if you can only get halfway, you'll know that you've tried. And I haven't gone through all the hell that I've been through for 30 years with a Vietnam vet with PTSD, married to him for 42 years, and if I can take him, these banks mean nothing to me. If I can, I mean, if I can deal with him, I can deal with anyone who steps in my way. So I, I'm going to be creative with something. I know I'm going to do something. As a matter of fact, I'm getting excited just thinking about what am I going to come up with. But my house is not going to be taken. They're not throwing us out of this house, and I'm not going to live with my kids with some little, ooh, they got little people, and I hope it might be all of my grandkids. But I am not. They live in another. They live in other states, and their kids are like six months. This grandma doesn't cook. I'm not walking kids to school, and I'm not gonna be like, oh, you know, okay, come on, let's take a walk. No, this grandma's on the table dancing. So I'm not gonna give up, you know. So. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna fight like hell. I'm just, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so again, <laughs> Valencia, girl, I just want yeah. you to know that I'm gonna put you in my prayers, honey. And you are a straight up thug, girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Um, I'm oh, gonna know your husband and your grandkids are in trouble. Huh? I said, all I know is your husband and your grandchildren are in trouble. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, yeah, I told my husband, I said, you sure you want to marry me? You know, because you're not getting a tipple to a person, you know. No, I'm steadfast <laughs> on this. When I tell you, you know, you can give up, but I'm not. You know, so um, as a matter of fact, um, I, I already know there's something else I'm going to try. Something is going to work, and I know it is. I'm not running. So yeah, I'll be I'll be okay. But believe me, yes. I'll be okay. You know, so. Well, um, keep, keep again, listening to the show. Maybe you'll hear something that helps you out. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, believe me, as I said, I'm not that traditional person. I'll go under I'll go under the bridge to do what I have to do. And um and I will use the Veterans Administration with my husband being a combat vet and with the PTSD. So um I will get some people to join me, believe me. And then with the stroke too, really? I mean I know I don't sound yeah. it, but I I guess. Hey, make sure that you leave us some con contact info because if we find info, we should be able to send it to you, like your email or something. Okay, is Doc June six zero seven? Is Doc June D O C J U N E six zero seven at AOL? I don't have Gmail, but um, I have AOL dot com. You know, and that shows you how loyal you are to that AOL. Everybody's <laughs> laughing. You, mommy, you still got AOL? My God, why don't you just get, get an iPhone? No, I can't afford it, and I'm not gonna pretend I can afford it. I have a forty dollar plan, and I'm staying with my plan as long as I can pick up my Smart phone and dial. 
I don't have a problem with it. You know, I'm not keeping up with the Joneses. You know, and I have a 12 year old car. My infinity moves, and I'm not selling her for nothing. <laughs> Anybody that can get to Florida in 13 hours from New York, okay, use your imagination. So, um, I, I <laughs> so I'm good. But um, but again, I thank you. Um. I'm going to be good, believe me. Three years post-sale, I'm going to be here even a little longer, you know, because there is a, um, you know, there is a, a time. There is, an, you know, there, there is a statute of limitations. So, you know, I know the investors are having a heart attack, you know, because it's, it's going on four years now, three and a half years. So well, we'll see what happens, okay? So thank you, everyone. Huh? Thank you for coming on. Okay. Okay. And I'll keep in touch and let you know what happened. So you see me, you see uh you see a June in the paper, you know it's me. You know, so well I don't know I don't know if I'll have blonde hair or I don't know if I'm gonna have dreads. I don't know what it'll be, but um like I said, I'm gonna make my splash with or without help. You know, so I've been okay so far. So we'll see what happens, okay? Thanks a lot, Valencia. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. Good thing. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for coming out and sharing your story with us. And it's uh, mm-hmm. it's about that time to start okay. shutting down. Plus, I got up at yeah. like six thirty yeah. this morning for my yeah. kids' oh, okay. Oh. Oh, the email I had, the um, text I had, it said it started at nine nine thirty or something. So, um, and as I said, I don't have an iPhone, so I had to wait for this stupid phone to charge up. So, um, you know, I, I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep in touch. And thank you. Okay. Good night, everyone. You too. All right. No problem. Okay. Bye. And, right. and sure. thanks everybody for coming out this evening. We've appreciated the conversation and. You know, hope everybody learned something or, or at least had some fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Jason. You know, every now and then we like right. to just come up and be silly. Transparency and, and retraining law enforcement to understand law and the people. Amen. 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 God bless. God bless All everyone. Right. You too. All right. Uh, well, hopefully job, everybody will join us again next week. We do the show from um, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <coughs> it's always the same oh. time, Wednesday. The way uh, you were getting ready to say that, I thought we were going on a trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were uh, like, we, the we, next time we do the show, it's going to be from the Caribbean. Hey, hey, show me. <laughs> Hey Sean, you said you said you did uh you said you did another video today or something? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Are yeah, you gonna put one that while I was driving down the road. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll end up putting it up. Yeah, it's All short. Right. It's short. I try to make a little short one just to get people thinking about stuff. All right, cool. I'll look for it and um I'll try to we have somebody that takes the videos and puts them on Telegram too, so they're they're easier to 
to move around, you know, because sometimes the ones on the Facebook, they're kind of hard to share with people if they don't have Facebook. Or hey, if they don't. and just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and we, you do, you're awesome with that, man, for sure. And, I'm, oh, yeah, I just remembered something, too. I had a guy that I know who called me, and he just got an AM radio show, <laughs> and he wants... Uh, me and John and another guy to come down there and be a part of a roundtable for it. So be awesome. keep that in your thoughts and prayers because, I mean, there's another outlet that, we, you know, like a, a kind of a main, more mainstream outlet, and that's pretty cool. Pretty cool for everybody. You know, we can have guest speakers on, people come on there and, I mean, it's his show. I don't think we'll be on there that much, but he, you know, we can. He wants us to help him come up with some ideas for things, and that that's really cool with people coming together. You know what I mean? And that's what it's going to take is that kind of thing right there. Yeah, so I, I think. Want to show at some point. I, I think even each of us also need to have a some kind of an outlet where we have, I don't know, where's stuff that's kind of consolidated. Um, Maybe I'll maybe I'll just have to do a site or something, just because you know things are in different spots and whatnot, and that's just how it is. I mean, there's different mediums for each little piece that we discuss. You know, there's the videos that you do in the car, and then there's you know this talk show and um, different formats and stuff like that. But it would be nice to have it would be nice to have uh, like a more yeah some kind of a, like an organized <laughs> like in still individual but something that's maybe cross-referenced you know to where you can like if you if you visit one thing then you can find all the other things you know what i mean well i mean it's always been a good idea i mean john and i talked about this for a long time but i think people just kind of thought we were just trying to get money and that wasn't the case it's just like these organizations that are running the riots, they're having success because they've got people who think and think tanks, then they've got people who are willing to put it into action, and then people who are willing to fund that action. And the reality is is that if we could come up with some kind of website and some kind of systematic way of going about this and finding a way to get the message out, however that is, whatever it takes, that kind of linking together and, you know, talking about with this gentleman and we talked to Brian, who's a great guy. Um, he came on the show. We went on his show. We can go on that guy's show. We can come on ours. And we start yeah. getting these groups kind of, you know, loosely linked to where the ideas are getting out there where now people, instead of just thinking about approaching it from the Rod class way, may now think about, this and somebody who's that may think you know just at least he gets them thinking and you yeah. know hopefully logic and truth is going to win out in this kind of thing you know it's it's a battle it really is just a battle for the the heart and soul right i mean yeah. it's a it's a I big think, it's a big thing i think a, um, a cohesive group of of sites that kind of cross-reference each other so that you know because we were talking about how the you know the message you know when you say the the message it's obviously the this style of of uh you know of of, of approaching law um it's it's not it's that it's not out there enough i mean there's not enough people learning about it and um 
it's um you know the 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 stuff that people are learning they're wasting their time with i mean it's you know it's all the stuff that i kind of went through and a lot of us on the show here have, have gone through i know you know you guys were doing it before i was you know i was i was watching videos on it and stuff but i wasn't even you know taking any actions really i mean i was doing some motions and cord and stuff but you know, I was still stuck in those different mind mindsets, and and there's a lot of people that are still now just just doing that, doing those same things. You know, doing UCC and doing all these, you know, claiming state citizenships and all this, and um, I think it's wasting a lot of precious time right now. Those people can be can be, um, you know, cutting down the the riffraff and and getting to the you know getting to the core of everything and um so well you know yeah oh, i'm sorry yeah that's just my thoughts yep well i mean if you have you know think about it. this is why I, when i call john like we need to have some kind of round table and i think if that could transpose over to some kind of youtube channel too because you know there's several of us that talk both on the air and off the air and share things it's it's not as broad as the people who download it per se but you know there's a lot of really great stuff that goes on behind the scenes i mean some of the stuff john and i have learned together is by him and i fighting being at court together helping people and john knows a certain aspect of it and i know certain aspects of it because i have a different take on it and john has you know those different angles are what that's like a band I've been in a lot of bands, and you have one guy who likes jazz, one guy who likes kind of folky rock, another guy who likes disco, and another guy who likes just plain, you know, rock and metal. You'll find that that creativity of all those different uh, colors coming together create beauty. So something I may miss, John may catch, and vice versa, or you may catch something that neither one of us get. And those kind of roundtable discussions, and like I was talking to John about doing a roundtable where a subject matter of the day, like whatever that particular, like we need to be on kind of on top of it. Like, okay, so this happened today. What What is the root of this and wh how could this be handled differently in law? Like you get those kind of discussions where they seem comprehensive and responsible um, and concise and to the point. People can watch a 10 or 15 minute or even a half hour little show and get some great information and it comes across in a way that people it's a cohesive thought you know it's it's it makes sense and uh and we can do it in a fun way like we can have fun with it and laugh and joke and, and just enjoy doing it and it could have a huge impact it really could i've seen a lot of crazy shit. look this lady like 174 years old she comes out she takes a nap and comes out and apparently god has given her five pages on the three days of darkness and how you're supposed to cover your windows and hide from the demons that are going to be roaming the earth and if you look outside you're going to die i'm not saying that didn't happen but what i'm saying i don't think it happened and it's silly uh eight hundred thousand views <laughs> it's like you yeah. just put out some mind-numbing truth that would change the fabric of space-time 12 views <laughs> yeah i mean it's like I don't get it, man. I just, yeah. I don't get it. My head just is like, <laughs> yeah. We got to turn all... that shit around. We got to turn that around right there. Yeah. 
I agree, but I've been up since six thirty this morning, so I am about to end the call. Thank you, buddy. I'm just kidding. Hey, good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Good night, everyone, and we hope we see y'all all back here next weekend. Same bad bleep, time, bleep, 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 same bleep. That's bad all, folks. <laughs> Peace out. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.